Hey, good morning and a happy Tuesday to you. It's Bruce, it's Judy, it's Cheese. What an amazing day in Chicago yesterday. So, what do they call those? Chamber of Commerce days. Go around, tell everybody it was 72 and sunny. Ah, oh, it's fantastic. We're looking a little bit more of that today. All right, let's start we usually call chamber. it an Indian summer, but I'm not sure that's appropriate anymore. There's probably been a change in the rules. There's no doubt about that. Summer. An indigenous people summer. Yes, I think you should try That's that. That's what we are enjoying, anybody, actually. And anybody could figure out what the heck that is. Um, but one thing that I think still has a lot of people on edge, and, and it's just, it seems like a moving target, is what is going on with Chicago police officers, the city of Chicago, the mayor, the FOP, Cops showing up for work, cops being sent home, vaccination status. There's talk of a portal in there somewhere. There's a lot of things to this. But we're finally, and this is a question we asked, we've been asking for a little while. What are the numbers? What are we dealing with? And well, we're starting to get a little clearer picture. Right. So um, there are 12, uh, almost 13,000 police officers Total. That, in, that includes officers and civilians so in within in the, the police, police department, department right. okay 13,000 employees right so 8200 have reported their status of mm-hmm. those 8200 1300 said no said they weren't vaccinated they were not vaccinated so they 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 went to the portal and said nope not vaccinated correct got it so they obeyed the order to go to the portal they obeyed the there. order 4500 haven't yet submitted okay so you're looking at, I mean, if you add those two together. Oh God. According to the city, about 63% have. I'm still doing math. That's 5,800. If you look at the ones who have uh, said, no, they're not vaccinated, and you add it to the ones that up to this point, if I understand correctly, have refused a direct order by their commanding officer to enter their vaccine status. Yeah, you're looking at. More than more than half, thirty six percent or whatever right. are in danger of. Do I use that term uh, of they being have sent till Friday? Home? Right? They have to. I don't. But really I thought under- they had to last Friday. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I don't understand because some people have been sent home. Apparently, some officers already. So, but maybe they're the ones who. Maybe some districts they're they've gone through their officers already, and they're the ones who haven't done it. And they said, "What are you going to do?" And they said, "I'm not putting it in." I refuse. And they've been like they've been sent home. Hmm. But I got to believe that the ones. So what's the I use the term punishment for those who have followed the order, went in and it said, are you vaccinated? They checked. No, they have to test. They they, but they're not in violation of the order. Right. As long as they test, they just have. okay. Yeah. So the first thing is you have to one way or the other say whether you are vaccinated or not. A refusal to answer is. Got to put it in the portal. And by the way, I know there's been talk of, you know, uh, especially by the union about these, you know, medical records and oh my, no, they just want to know you your check status. yes or no. Yeah. It's like all of us. We've all done it. Right. You, you don't, don't have, have to tell medical them records. your medical right. records. You just have to say, are you or aren't you? Right. Here's my vaccine card. Yeah. Um, here's one of the officers speaking. Well, at least you, I mean, you admitted what you did. You derated, you disobeyed a direct order. It's called insubordination. I mean, it, uh, that's the reality of it. 
what the punishment is, how you move forward. Uh, okay, but it's not like you didn't know you were doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like in the military, you know. I've seen a lot of talk about the vaccine mandate in the military where apparently members of the military were unclear you have to follow the orders. <laughs> Same thing as go run at that machine gun nest. <laughs> it's, it's an order. I gotta tell you. Yeah, they, they tell you what tell you what time to get up. They tell you what to eat. They, they tell you what vaccines to get. You know, that's an order. And if you don't do it, you're subject to punishment. I mean, that's at the basic argument of this. One of the questions, and I do think it's a fair one as well, is what happens. If, and again, I have to look back at my math, some 30%, and again, we're going to, right now, 64% have reported police officers. Yeah, which I think that's a much higher number than I thought, or that maybe we were led to believe by the union. The the citywide, for all city employees, it's a much higher. 78, I think it was. Or 70, well, 72% of firefighters. Firefighters, have. okay. Um, yeah, it's a much higher number. So. For city employees. For all, all city A-L-L. employees. Yeah, I mean. Cops are the lowest of the group. Right. The other departments have had, their numbers have been okay. I mean, you know, we don't have 90% anywhere in no. any group. So. No, in any group. Fair enough. Yeah, 70, 80%. Nor should we expect that. Yeah. yeah. And if people want to do the testing, the uh, weekly or biweekly testing, okay. There is that. I mean, if there's. That's an those, option. Yeah, for those. That's people, a choice. Because some people. Truly, uh, they don't want the vaccine because they are afraid of getting the vaccine. Okay, fine. That is that is a, you a can make valid that decision. Reason. Right here is the alternate to that. Right, you got you have to be tested. I don't know about those who are going to say I no, I, I'm not doing it because I don't want you to tell me what to do. Then that's, that's insubordination. Di- yeah, that's going to be a different issue. When your boss tells you to do something and you say stuff it up your, you know what? You're probably not going to be around much longer. Well, I'm just saying it's yeah. that's not it's kind of how it works. It's not as complicated as they're making, but what? Okay, so play the worst case scenario. Next Friday or this Friday, some. Again, I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm. I'm rounding numbers. Just so it, I can understand it. Some thirty percent of Chicago police officers are sent home for refusing to disclose their vaccine status. Then what? Then what? I mean, that's that's got to have a huge impact. So already the city of Chicago and Mayor Lightfoot apparently been reaching out to suburban police jurisdictions and asking, can they cover, lend, be on call, whatever you want right, to refer to it call. as. Yeah. For emergencies. Right. Only for for every day, because for the every day, they will have the Illinois State Police and the um, Illinois Emergency Management Agency is also working. You know, and there, I mean, we've said it before, there's the National Guard, there are options. Uh, I mean, including the Illinois State Police. The National Guard, just the sound, when you say the National Guard Mm -hmm. is going to augment the police department in the city of Chicago. If for nothing else, it's a bad headline. Right, yeah, if no. For I think no that's, other of course, the last resort. I mean, like I said, the Illinois State Police are ready and the emergency management. So they're asking, and I'm sorry, Cook County. There's the Cook County Sheriff's Department. I know that we heard in Nick's uh, mm. report that the Kane County 
sheriff has said, no, I'm not sending my any of my personnel. Right. That's that's one county. I mean, the Cook County's, of course, the biggest right, by right, far right. county. They're going to. And with them helping, I think it'll be, you know, to me, it might be. It might yeah, be I just don't know what it looks bit. like. You yeah, know what I'm but saying? I, obviously, the city is making plans in the event. They're not going to let plans the city, to move forward, right, yeah. possibly without these they officers. Have you have to, you have to say to yourself, if thirty percent of officers haven't yet done it, we have to make a plan. Right at some point. Yeah, and, 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 and it seems like they do have a plan. Uh, Jay, uh, up in Michigan, how are you this morning, Bruce? I'm doing great, Excellent. and I uh, completely. Uh, understand what you're saying about chain of command and following orders and i think what we have is a real failure in leadership Mm -hmm. from the top down i think with the mayor governor's president people are looking at the people that they're supposed to follow and lead and they're deciding that if these guys aren't going to follow the rules how long do i the plebe have to just keep following the rules and paying the taxes they Mm -hmm. don't follow the rules and so i think some of these rank and file people are deciding conscience or rules that make no sense, and they're going with their conscience and what they believe in. And I don't know how long the politicians thought they were going to be able to get away with just not listening to anything and having us, the constituents, their bosses, be disrespected until people finally said, well, we're not going to listen either. You know, as soon as it's going to be stoplights, stop signs, people are going to just stop Mm -hmm. obeying common rules if the politicians, the people that are supposed to be in charge well jay no here, longer follow here here's you know? my only my only pushback on that jay is that um you know i mean it it is it is a condition of employment it's a it's a requirement and i'm gonna guess i've never served as a police officer there's a whole bunch of rules things you have to do things you have to follow to be a police officer you would assume that but you would assume also that politicians would listen to their constituents and say well I've got to lead by the will of the people, and I think we. Well, but a majority of here. people in Chicago are vaccinated. A majority right. of of citizens are vac, and if we believe the numbers, a majority of the police department is vaccinated. It's a minority no, that isn't. My point is, though, that just the idea of following rules based on a, a structure, a hierarchy. Yeah. We see the people in charge. Are disrespecting. I mean, we set up the rules as the constituents, as the voters, and okay. they no longer are listening to us at all. all right. So, at, at some point, if we if they don't listen to what we say, they get voted out. People, <laughs> well, right, but that, in Chicago, Bruce, that's the problem. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> hey, Jay, I I appreciate it. Sorry. There you go. Hey, happy Tuesday to you. And a good morning. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese, and uh, we're going to play a bit of a game. You can play along with us. Yeah, shall you? See how good you are. At television, at television theme songs. Can we get Miranda to play with us on this? Since Cheese is the one who is playing them, you already know what they are. Yeah. So it would be cheating for you to be able to guess. <laughs> is that fair to say? Oh, yeah, I could guess instantly because I already know. Right. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna play a game here. You play along at home. Let's see who can get these a little bit quicker. How good are you at TV? Over what what period of time are these TV show theme songs? Um, most of them are from. The last 30 years. Okay, okay, that's a nice block of time. Yeah, right. Will right. Miranda know any Miranda. of them? That's what we're going to see. We're going to find out. I bet she will. Yeah. It's probably... All right. Do we just yell it out if we know it? No, you say your name. Oh, okay. Say your name. And then you Ready? answer if you know this, what it is. We'll start out easy. Okay. Ready? Bruce. Judy. Ooh, Bruce got it first. Mash. Yeah. And the song is called... Suicide is painless. Nice.
five. Suicide is painless. It brings on many changes. And I remember the, there's lyrics. There's to actually it. a song. Yeah. All right, if we have remember. to know the lyrics, I'm not gonna. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, ready? I got one. Yeah, Bruce has got one. Bruce. Friend. Uh, <laughs> Friends. You didn't my know bad. that. My bad. I got excited. Why don't we just? I did. I was too yeah. slow. Is, why don't we just yell buzzer. it out? Why do we have to yell our name first? That way we know who yelled it out. Okay, I think we know who's who. But, <laughs> all right, go. You ready? Bruce has got two. Bruce! Hawaii Five-0. Mm. Dang. Right? Okay. Right? All right. I didn't think I'd be this good at it. That's like, I don't one. know if That's I ever watched one. Hawaii Five-0. I just know the theme. Everybody knows it. <laughs> All right, this is going back. Miranda, how are you doing? Terrible. Okay. <laughs> Bruce. Come on. Shoot. Oh, my cute. gosh. Yeah, I should get Hold that on. just by default. Oh, he's not going to get it. He's not going to get it. Partridge family? Boom. Darn it. See, if you started there. Yeah, but I need to giving. start in the middle. I can't start, start at the beginning. in the middle of the song, <laughs> or like, or like a couple seconds in, because if you just start at the beginning, I'm not going to get the first few notes. Oops, hold on. I'm try. I'm trying. You guys can anytime. Okay, ready? Jump in. Here we go. Ready. This Miranda, Miranda, Miranda. Ooh, The Sopranos. Boom. That is my jam. Oh, she just, you've been binge watching <laughs> Sopranos. Into that song. Shout been out to you. Since I started watching that Shout show. Out. Okay, Miranda. Name the group. Ooh. Alabama 3. Oh. I did not know that. Yeah, A3. They call them A3. Yeah. I did not. That's wild, wacky stuff. Right? Are you re- We're going to do another one? Of oh, course. God. Here ready? we go. All right, I'm ready. Judy. Cheers. Boom. Yes. Finally. Finally. Well, that was such an easy one. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. See. Everybody's on the board. Everybody's on the board. I mean, credit there. <laughs> Miranda got Sopranos. I think the first Sopranos episode, she wasn't even born when it came out. <laughs> True. Probably kids wasn't. Today, you ready? Damn kids today. This is uh, 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 Halloween appropriate. Oh, God. Miranda. Ooh, Miranda. The Adams family. Yes. After a strong start, I've fallen way off. Yeah, you have. Three, yeah. two, and one. Okay. Okay, let's see here. Let me see. Hold on. Where's that? Come on. A lot of dead air. Are you kidding me? Oh, I, know this, I know this one. Yeah. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Silence is golden. <laughs> Shoot, I thought, of, I'm sorry. Sound of silence? I didn't realize we'd go this long with it. Wow. You're already out? I'm already out. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. I think Bruce won. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you like ran away with it, too. Yeah, well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. <laughs> Miranda's mad because right, she got two go. of them. And as, and as always, I'm still number one. Final one. Winner takes all. You ready? Michael. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, is that Mission Control chiming in? Mission Control says Yogi Bear. It's wow. a Yogi Bear theme song. Oh, you're good. And Jake Posse nailed it. Bring in the ringer. Wow. Hey, Look, at, he all. knew it right off the bat. That was by far the hardest one. That was a tough one. I Because I don't remember a Yogi Bear theme song. 
I remember wow. the cartoon. Yeah. But I can't say that I remember a theme song. Okay, ready for this one then? Oh, God, there's another one. One more. Bruce. <laughs> if you didn't get that one. Batman. Yeah, that's an easy one. <laughs> Night, the on, original on. TV show, yeah. Batman. Yeah. That's an easy one. All right. Okay. Yeah. Hey, listen. so fun. You think about this. These these shows. And and I I challenge you. At least one of those theme songs that we just played triggered something inside you it's amazing the power that music can have at least one of those instantly took you somewhere i knew all of those maybe besides yogi bear right so i mean but it took you to saturday morning cartoon yeah but it took you to sitting around the dinner room table think about knowing all of those theme songs yeah that's how important it was in our childhood well think about this also I, i bet you if we did it today and i say this honestly if you did it with song with theme songs from the last five years, newer shows, we wouldn't all be on this. We wouldn't all know them. But Miranda might. Well, no, no, no. Because the point is, Mash was one. Everybody watched Mash. Yeah. Like the final episode of Mash had like a sixty share. It's like most of America watched it. There isn't those types of shows anymore. The number one show today okay, has about on. a tenth the audience yeah. that the number one show twenty years ago had. Okay, ready? Let's see. Oh God, Miranda. Ah, biggest show on. Apple TV, tons of people watched it, loved it. Won tons of Emmy Awards. Bruce. Yeah. Ted Lasso. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to let these guys catch up. I know. That's why I was just, because I, I knew you Miranda would get it. in the middle oh, of the I song. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear it. You cheated me out of my point. I won Ouch. that. Ouch. Okay. You know, did you, <laughs> you know it? So. Yeah, Ted Lasso. You play it every day, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what the Hope. funny part is about the newer shows? I, I blow past the um, intro so much. So much so they I don't, don't do it the same thing. Well, but like that song, I finally realized it, but I don't, I go right past, skip the intro. They learned, they learned a while ago that if they don't grab people right away, also people will change. So now the new shows yeah. don't have these huge intros and all these, uh, 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 credits rolling to get right into the show because if they don't get right into the show, people go next. Still time for our criminal of the day. And I get to give a shout out to Damaris Pritchett of Huntington, Tennessee, who does not believe the customer is always right. Allegedly, Pritchett was on the job as manager of a Wendy's hamburger when Xavion Johnson rolled through the drive-thru and ordered up his number five, piggy size. As Mr. Johnson drove away, he quickly realized his burger was not very warm, and he got back in the drive-thru line to have speaks with the manager. An argument ensued over the freshness and quality of the meal, at which point manager Pritchett decided to give the customer a hot refund. And by hot refund, I mean he tossed a pan of scalding French fry oil through the Wendy's window into the car oh. and onto Mr. Johnson. <laughs> Johnson suffered burns and blistering on his arm, and our Wendy's manager of the year candidate, Mr. Pritchett, admitted to the facts, was arrested and charged with felony aggravated assault. Mm. So for giving a drive through customer the hot oil treatment at a Wendy's, <laughs> you, Damaris Pritchett, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal today. All suspects... Described above, should be considered innocent to guilty in the court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Up on my uh, Facebook page, I have a picture of his booking photo in the Wendy's outfit. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a smile on his face. Oh, yeah. Mr. Pridget is n- not remorseful in the slightest about this uh, altercation, chilly, if you too. will. Hey, good morning to you, Anne. 
A happy Tuesday. We're going to jump into the 6 o'clock hour, and we're taking a look at the big stories people are talking about. Jeez, you can start us off. Yeah, all of those people that were uh, kidnapped in Haiti. Oh, yeah. Well, the kidnappers want $17 million for their release. Don't know if that will happen or not, but that's what they are asking. Ouch. Yeah. Judy? The FDA plans to allow people to receive a different COVID vaccine as a booster. The mix and matching approach uh, could start as early as this week. Moderna boosters also expected to be approved this week. You know, proving once again how difficult it is to be a police officer. Chicago officer was shot in the cheek yesterday responding to a call at an Ulta Cosmetics store. Is nowhere safe, for goodness sakes. Thankfully, the officer has been released from the hospital and is expected to make a full recovery. So that's that is the good news in that. So the the saga of your Chicago Bears is is evolving to say the least. We know that just a well, it's been a a constant um threat that the Bears would pack up and leave if they don't get insert whatever demand it is here. And to, for the most part, the city of Chicago has acquiesced and i hope that word means what i think it means and did things like improve the stadium renegotiate the deal but the latest move by the bears the purchase of what was formerly known as arlington park the horse track with i mean i don't think i'm telegraphing the punch with the intent of building a Bears world with a stadium and all the accoutrement around it seems serious. Mayor Lightfoot didn't take it too seriously early on. Remember some of her comments? Uh, she was almost dismissive, um, off-putting. But it appears that maybe... She's starting to take it a little more seriously. Well, I think she was just asked about it, so she commented on. It. I think I, I thought well, I she's commented like, on it before, right, and she I dismissed like, the bears. She, they're not leaving. They're not going anywhere. Mm, see, I, I thought she, I think her stance is pretty much the same. Well, first of all, let's face it; she's got uh, maybe more important things on her plate at the moment. So I think when this came up, it was like, yeah, all right, the bears. They, they say this every year or every few years, but she also because she's saying the same thing today. They need to be more forthcoming about what they want. That's pretty much what she said at the beginning. I don't know what that really means. Does that mean they're not saying anything? They're, I, I don't even know that they're talking. Well, I, I wonder if part of the issue is if you are the Bears, there's nothing they can do for you. Yeah, they're not even, they're not even talking to city officials. They bought Arlington Park. They're moving ahead with some plan they have. This is how I'm seeing it. And they're not even... They, they're done. Because everything that we've seen with Soldier Field. Yeah, there's nothing out there that they but, want. Well, But you can't expand it much right. anymore. Like, it's uh, still the smallest stadium in the NFL uh, by, you know, seats. And even the architects that did the, landed the spaceship on it years ago mm -hmm. um, have said, yeah, there's no, there's nowhere else to go. Like, uh, right. this is it. Short there's, of short of tearing it down, and that ain't gonna happen. I have not heard of a plan that, or, or I have not heard of anything that the Bears maybe would want. Right, the Bears like, aren't well, saying you need to add ten thousand seats. Right, it's there's nothing out there. So, 
I don't even know that it's a discussion. I think that's why Lightfoot is saying, I, what do they want? Oh, I haven't even heard because none of us has heard. Yeah, they want a brand new stadium. I, I can tell you what the Bears want. They want a brand new stadium and they want all the land around it. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bears yeah. want. <laughs> yeah. It's not really about football. It's about well, it's a business. Everything around football. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a. I mean, but if it was just about football, they have a field, they have a stadium. People yeah, they go, can play they in the high school. Out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if that, it was, it's not about no, it's right. a business. Let's get and for the owners of the Bears, keep in mind. Uh, I want to say, out of all of the NFL owners, they are the last kind of family owners where their entire business is the football team. A lot of the other owners like made their billions in tech or oil or you know whatnot, and then bought a team because that's what you do when you're a billionaire. That's that's not right. what's going They've on been in the football business. That's the that's, that's the family business, biz, right. if you will. And they bought low, and uh, you know, I mean, this is for them. It is a, you know, how do we make money at this deal? I get it. I mean, I can understand it. I don't like the idea I mean, of the they're Bears not leaving, losing money, right? They are. They're yeah. The, the goal is to make teams, as much as you possibly right, can. They all make a lot of money. Yeah, you make just, a lot of money. Do you want to make less? No, I. Oh, okay. I, Neither do the bears. No, but <laughs> Neither do the bears. Right. <laughs> I, can I, you. I get that, but it's. I mean, if why leave ridiculous. money on the table? Why leave money on the table? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you got to build a whole new stadium and a whole new. You know, it's a lot of money. It's an you investment. Put out. Yeah, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, it's a ton of money. Well, I don't. Bill, a, at least a billion. I, I want to say the new stadiums they're building, like the the one in L. A. Was like one and a half billion. Does that sound right? Again, one and a half billion we're talking dollars? about a family-owned right team. So when you talk they about writing a, bill- a check for that, right? So I think they're talking about repurposing their entire business. Right? They're not going to be the McCaskies who own the Bears team. That's the you know the right. coolness of the team. They move out there and make and Bears, Bears World. world. I'm now calling it Bears it World. I think becomes, Bears World's pretty good. It's a corporation. It's right. well, well, too and bad. It's, they it's might. the hotels and it's the yeah. restaurants and it's the. It's the, not the McCaskies anymore. Obviously, they're not going to be able to. I mean, I don't foresee it, but I don't unless they've been making a gazillion dollars. Yeah. They'll probably have partners. I would imagine. Yeah, you know, we have a uh, we have, have a governor who owns a chain of hotels. Uh, you know, yeah. might open one up there. Partnership. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to believe that. And, and and if you look at what these other teams have done, it's not a mystery. When you go to uh, the Cowboys Stadium, or you go to the Cardinals Stadium, or you go to the, the Rams and Chargers Stadium, you see what they mean. But it is a isn't the complex mo- football. Because, again, there's only eight to nine home games a year. Right. So what are you doing the other 300 whatever days out of the year? But don't they make most of their money on... TV actual revenue. football games? No, TV revenue. Okay, uh, actual football games? Isn't that what that is? What do you mean, yeah. TV revenue? They make okay. it off the TV well, ticket revenue. Sales not ticket sales. And, yeah. Ticket sales are nothing. Right. Nothing. It's, it's not chicken feet. jerseys. It's not food. It's it's the playing of the football. Right, but the that's, jerseys, yeah. the food, yeah, the, all that extra, stuff but it's not nearly can sustain what you for all the times when there isn't football going on. Is the idea, at least. I guess, yeah. Have you been to the, the, the uh, Cardinals baseball Stadium in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole complex around it is is I think the example of it. You know where it's a baseball stadium, yes, oh. but I mean 
they built like a fake city around it. You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit generic. Let's because we're going to make fun of St. Louis for God's sakes anytime we can. But it's a little bit generic. I think they made it. They tried to make it look like it's an old part of the city. I'm like, give me a break. Like a paint still drying on this thing. I can, you know, it still is cool though. Yeah, but that's the concept Mm -hmm. of it. And the owner of the team gets to control all that property. And there's no way that the city of Chicago is going to hand over the land on the lakefront to the owners of the Bears so they can do what they want with it. And, I mean, it's a park, for God's sakes. There's no chance of that. So I wonder wonder if the argument is, at least from the Bears' standpoint, why aren't you negotiating with the mayor? What's there to negotiate over? Yeah. Yeah. Everything we want, we already know the answer, and so why ask? We want you to tear down the stadium and build a new one. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, and we want all the land around it also so we can develop it uh, and, and generate revenue off it. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. All right, so what are we here to discuss? Yeah. Right? I mean, I... Yeah, there is no land. There, There's nothing. There's right, nothing they can do. Absolutely... They want to build a two-level stadium. How go up. concerned <laughs> are bosses about worker turnover? And are you a manager? Are you struggling trying to hold on to good employees? Well, we're going to be talking to a, an expert in transitional change. Mm. And what can you do to keep your top performers, your good employees? That's coming up next on 890 WLS. The Bruce St. James Show on 890 WLS. Now we got an accident popping up here on the Stevenson inbound right around Cicero. It's over to the left shoulder. Hey, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Appreciate you spending time with us today. Reminder, there's always a uh, podcast of this show. You can go back and listen later. So here's the the, uh, t- the time-space continuum. Somebody is listening to this like on Thursday. This is like Back to the Future. So <laughs> hello to those to that, that person listening on Thursday. Hi from Tuesday. That'll blow blow their mind. Just blew their mind, yeah. (laughs) The past says hello. Wow. Boom. Wherever fine podcasts and mediocre ones are found, you can go uh, also WLSAM.com and find our podcast. Um, So when you take a look at managers out there, people right now who are either hiring, uh, uh, in charge of hiring, or managing a group of people, there is a, um, there's some stress uh, either in finding new employees and maybe more importantly, holding on to the ones you got. Because when you look at, I thought this is interesting. I saw a guy talking about this. We've heard about, what was it? Last August, 4 million people quit their job. It was like 3% of the U.S. workforce said, take this job and shove it. Right? Walked away. I'm going to go out on a limb. And say none of those four million people loved their job and loved where they work. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say yeah. they, they didn't walk away from something they loved. And maybe that's kind of one of the challenges, if you will, as if you're concerned about turnover, if you're concerned about losing employees, 
what can you do? Joining us right now is Denise Graziano. She's an expert in transitional change. Denise, good morning. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Good morning, Judy. Do you think I was accurate in that sense? No, nobody quits and walks away from a job they love. No, no, they don't. But some people are looking for uh, the grass is always greener kind of opportunity. But turnover is a big concern amid so many leaders. I spoke to a group of CFOs last week and by far, uh, according to PwC's most recent study, too, turnover is their highest concern, either somewhat or very concerned about it. 81% of them are. And this is going to cost employers, if they don't have the right people in the right seats, to execute on their business goals. Mm. So is this about workers hating their jobs, not being happy, or just thinking, being a little bit more wishy-washy, you know? I don't mind my job, but this is a good time for me to get a better job. You know what I'm saying? Is it people? We're so not used to hearing people are just quitting their jobs because they want four million of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously they have bills to pay. So I'm just wondering if it's and because I've been saying this for months. Let's have a lot of experts. Right, workers are in charge. Right now, the yes, the driver's seat is uh, that's where the employees are. They have the they feel that they have the flexibility to go wherever they want. And given that the labor shortage, in a sense, that's true. Why they leave? I think that this past year, there's been the past year and a half. A lot of people have reflected on what they really value in their jobs. What do they really want? And it's not necessarily the paycheck at the hop, top of the pile. So many of them want flexibility, and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for less stress in their lives, and whether or not they find it in another job is remains to be seen. But, yes, a lot of people are just choosing to leave. You know, Denise, one of the things that strikes me, you know, I, I understand that calculation. At least for 4 million people, they got to that point in August. The... Uh, is there a false sense of security there? Because it strikes me like a game of musical chairs. Right now, there's lots of chairs. The music stops and we everybody can sit down. But that is going to change at some point. And how do you time when the music stops and all of a sudden you're the last one standing? Well... I help companies to build stronger, high-performing teams. So I look at it from the employer side for okay. the most part, and they are the ones that need to do a, a, a better job of making sure that they keep the valued employees that they can't afford to lose. Because as some people depart, they have to make sure that they still have the right people that can help them execute whatever the business goals are. Yeah, I mean, you still have to run a business. Exactly. But it's funny. I think this for the first time, This it, the difference here is the money piece. And earlier, Bruce said this to me. If you can make more money, wouldn't you? And I thought to myself, yeah, you know what? I'm in that position now. I think and just because of where I am in my career and life. But I think even younger people are like, yeah, I want to make good money, but I don't need to. It's not all about the money. I am not going to other things. Right. Other things are more important. And I'm not going to stress myself out and work myself to death to get to this monetary goal when I'm good here. And now I want these other things. And I think that's going to be very difficult for companies to pivot on. Don't you? Well, what they, they have to realize is that people want flexibility and 
please. Everybody the past 18 months has learned how to be flexible with time. And I think that companies need to just create policies that are um, along those lines that give people some flexibility. But then there are other industries, such as the finance industry, that really want people on site. Mm. So it depends on the industry on whether or not you can give the flexibility that all the employees want. But they're also looking for advancement. They want to be trained and have a career path, and they want to feel like they have fulfillment in what they do. So the more companies can do to present a package, if you will, to employees about this is what we can offer you, I think they'll be more successful at retaining key people. Denise, we appreciate your insight into this. Thank you for your time this morning. You're welcome. Thank you. Denise Graziano, an expert in transitional change. And again, I got, I got to believe, you know, I've always, I knew this as a manager. It's much harder to find a new employee and train them what to do than it is to keep an existing employee. You, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I mean, the, the cost to replace is for the business, uh, the downtime, the lost uh, production, right. as well as takes a while for a new person in any job to get I mean, up to speed. I think this is good news because it's going to force companies to become really good companies if they haven't been if they want to keep people if they want to keep people and yeah. be a good company they're going to have to act like a good company right no doubt about it hey good morning and a happy tuesday to you appreciate you spending some time with us this morning it's bruce it's judy it's cheese we got every producer miranda over there as well nick gale delivering all the news for you um and you know the, the contrary to popular belief there is a plan for this show uh despite what it may sound like to you we actually do try to put this together and there is a um I would argue, if not a theme, it's an overarching principle. I I, I could make the argument, because I've been doing radio long enough now, that it would be easier to go on the radio every morning and get upset over the outrage of the day, create conflict, AOC, Pelosi, just rant and rave about things, the problem is I just don't, not only do I not believe in that, and I believe so much of it is fake, but I don't think it makes us better. I don't think it makes Chicago better. I don't think it makes America better. Uh, I think it has the opposite impact of it. I'm not nearly as good as kind of explaining it as John Stewart. He has a new show on Apple, and I just started watching. I've only watched the first two episodes. I need to catch up a little bit. It's similar to the show that he did before on Comedy Central. A bit of an interview really show. show. He takes a, a, um, a topic, uh, you know, and kind of digs deeper into it. It has a, a little bit of Daily Show to it and a little bit of um, what John Oliver's doing on HBO last week tonight, where he kind of takes one topic and goes really deep mm-hmm. into it, you know, that, that kind of concept. But it's interesting. And um, like him or not, I've always thought John Stewart was um, honest about who he is and what he believes in. And I don't think he fits an ideology. I think he has, a, like most people, he believes in a variety of different things. But one of the things that he was taking on, and he was on uh, with uh, Jake Tapper on CNN on Sunday morning. And I thought, rightfully so, uh, took the media to task for a variety of different things. And basically, he was criticizing CNN on CNN, but... CNN is hardly alone in this. Uh, if you've got three or four letters uh, there, you, you probably are part of this in some way, shape, or form. He's so saying true. that yeah, that conflict sells. It's like the old saying, if it bleeds, it, it leads. Yeah, 
And and so if you are uh, the video of the Karen arguing at the Starbucks over a mask plays one hell of a lot more than a rational discussion about the efficacy of masks in a Starbucks. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, and I think he's absolutely right with that. That that you're right. It's like being drawn to the car accident. It's slowing down to look at the wreckage. But does that serve us well? Does is that? I understand it's the job of of some media. That's what they do. It's where they make their bread and butter is getting people riled up over crap that doesn't well, necessarily matter. Again, do you appeal to the mad? Do you give people what they want? Or what they need. Yeah. You well, know, do, who's are they to getting decide? what they want? Because there's a, a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy in there as well. You know, there's like uh, uh, on the TikTok, which I'm I'm huge on TikTok. Huge. Oh, got my yeah, there's there's a good example are of taking what off. he's saying. That there are entire channels mm-hmm. on TikTok that are nothing but these Karen like arguments. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. These these vaccine ones or mask or or even the uh, you can't walk your dog in the park. Oh, you're going to tell me. It's just these this fighting. John Stewart talked a little bit more. Basically, and I, this happens on both sides of the political spectrum. And, and, and just a reminder, the vast majority of us are in the middle. We don't subscribe to the fringes. That's just the reality. Um, is that some of the people who go with the purpose of starting a fight that's performative they're 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 doing it to get the attention right it doesn't solve a problem it doesn't further it doesn't create a discussion about the problem and that happens on both sides there are it people gets clicks right and there's people that go from the other direction to try to create the scene and 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 blow it out of proportion and it just strikes me as it's it's something i used to make fun of all the time cuz we still do every once in a while just the outrage of the day what is the thing that i'm supposed to be outraged mm-hmm. over today even though it has no impact on my life i would tell you whoever the governor of california is has no impact impact on my life whoever the senator from tennessee is has no impact on my life what a school district in texas has no impact on my life i I care about things that happen uh in and around me i care about things that actually affect you know me my my income my wallet i know i think we should we should care about what's happening in in a school district in texas say i mean i do think that's that's valid i think it's more what you know the governor of California you have over did you know at a at a fundraiser or you know or eight here's some more of the outrage of the day according to John Stewart <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a great example <laughs> <laughs> she'll be fine yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my voice. It's like, just so. Why are you getting worked up over something? Yeah, like, this I is, can't I, believe that Demi Lovato wants to be called by. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. I, I just think it's so simple. I love Jon Stewart. It's it's just so silly. Everything's so silly. Don't worry. I want to say stupid, but just silly, dumb. Who cares? Yeah. Don't Don't sweat that stuff. Ridiculous. I, I, I'm much more interested in the solutions. I'm much more interested in in facts than I am in pandering, uh, in in just inflaming the divisions. Because I still believe that we are actually more alike than we are different. 
I still believe that as Americans, there is a common set uh, core beliefs we have, ideals, goals uh, that make us American and make us different from the rest of the world. And that's a good thing. Uh, those are those are tremendous qualities, if you will. Uh, but I do think there's a lot of not a lot. There are some people out there who are doing very, very well at pushing division. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and that, the extremes that, have become so extreme. It's you right. Know, it's like you can't even think about how are we ever going to get back to that middle ground. Well, you know, the people that say we're a 50-50 nation, by the way, are worse at math than I am. We are not a 50-50 <laughs> nation, okay? We are a, a 10, 80, 10 nation. Yeah, good job 80% with those of us are in the middle mm-hmm. and do not subscribe to fanaticism on either side. And again, it goes back to, I love going back to my sayings, you know, you scream the loudest and people, for some reason, listen. And a good morning, Bruce, Judy, Cheese, and David Hockberg in studio with us. Good morning, David. Good morning, everybody. Blackhawks opener. I was going to say happy hockey season. Happy you, got hockey your, season. you got your Hawks. Uh, Starting a little slow. Yeah. They're starting all those. They're, they're pacing themselves. They're pacing themselves. Think of it that way. Like for them to pace a little quicker. Yeah, we're pacing ourselves. <laughs> you know, uh, it was interesting because I I, uh, I get texts from David Hochberg. Many of them I can't share on the radio. Yes. Um, but some of them, some of them are interesting. And I thought it was, it was you talked about this, foreclosure filings. Yeah. Spiking. And you said, this is that thing that's going to, you told us this. Been telling you Six this. months, nine yeah. months ago, right. that when this uh, eviction moratorium re- finally ends, Game's that you're going to start yeah. seeing a change in the market. What does it look like right now? Well, you know, we, what it looks like is a natural uh, exfoliation of of the marketplace. The, the servicers who haven't been able to foreclose due to all the COVID restrictions are now saying, or now have the ability to start to foreclose on those homeowners. It's an unfortunate thing for the homeowners that can't afford to make the payments. I'm not trying to be Scrooge here, and there's going to be a, a lump of coal in everybody's Christmas stocking, but, you know, you took out an investment. You signed a note and a mortgage with the ability to repay. You promised to repay a certain amount of money at a certain interest rate over a certain period of time. It's a contract. It's a contract. And they gave you a certain amount of money for you and your family to purchase that home. And if you don't have the ability to make the payments on that home, then that servicer and that investor has the the right and the ability to get their investment back. It's no different than if you bought a car. And you didn't make the car payment, okay? They're going to come. guy with a tow truck comes and drags it off. at four in the morning <laughs> and put a hook How on How many your- of those, though, do you... And by the way, uh, to see David, Bruce, and I uh, live, you can watch us as we're talking. Yeah. I know. Shape up, everyone. So uh, head over to Facebook.com slash WLSAM890. Everyone looks good. How many of those people do you think um, uh, owners are people who have maybe apartment buildings, whatever, who haven't been able to pay their mortgage because they weren't them. getting the rent. A lot of them. I, listen, it's like a trickle-down effect. It's yeah. a complete trickle-down effect, okay? So the the landlords who have investment properties, okay, are not multi-billionaires, okay? They're not these gigantic corporations. They're mom and pops. This is what I've been talking about for the past six months. You and I had breakfast six, nine months ago, and I told you. You're like, should I buy a condo now? And yeah. I, What did I tell you? Wait. Wait, because it's coming. You said and that there's going to be a a, wave, a change in the market. A wave of foreclosures. This was right in the heart of the hot nuclear meltdown that the market yeah. was. 
when when we went out for breakfast and, and I predicted it. It wasn't even a prediction. It was just common sense. Here's what's going to happen when the foreclosures start coming on because you're going to have added inventory. And what are we seeing? Added inventory. The market's cooled down a little bit. It's still a functioning market. We're not at nine, 12 months hold period. If you have a good home, reasonably priced and good shape in a good area, it's going to sell within a week. It's still moving. There's still three, four offers. There's not 10 or 15. Oh, so it, it has it has it has calmed, calmed down. down a little it, bit. It has calmed. It hasn't gone totally okay. frozen, but it's calmed down. Any realtor will tell you that it's calmed down. And to go back to Judy's question, you, what do you think is going to happen? These individuals have been owning these homes. Okay, if they didn't get relief on the other end, okay, and they and they still have to make their mortgage payment and they don't have any money coming in, or you have renters that are in there that have the ability to make the payment, but want to do one of these, you know, scrape underneath your chin to your, you know, to your landlord. Don't worry, we saw that on Facebook. Go ahead. Right, and don't, and, and, and don't want to seek help, even though they have the ability right, to Right, because there is, there's a lot of money there. Of course there is. As there's long as they of, access it. There's a hundreds of millions of dollars of money there. Okay, I talked to a guy, retired police officer, owns seven to ten different buildings, whatever. He told me he's got, he's got a, a lady living in one of his units who leaves to go to work. He verified her employment. She stopped making payments as soon as she walked in. Then COVID hit. Okay, and then he's like, he doesn't have the ability to kick her out because of COVID, and they keep extending this thing out. And she's working the whole time. It's $2,500 a month. Wow. Okay, multiply that by 18 months. It's a lot of money. How are you going to replace Well, he's it? having to pay on the property he's the whole pay time. On the property. Yeah. He's like, I went to her to see if she would just file the, the paperwork with the state of Illinois, and she refuses. In order to get assistance. Because it takes both parties. Yeah. Uh, the landlord and the, the and tenant. The tenant. the tenant has to initiate it. Yes. That's the challenge that we have here. Okay. And, you know, Tony Preckwinkle and her band of thieves, she, she drives me crazy. Okay. <laughs> you know, all of this stuff. Oh, lo, you know, you know, lo and behold, we have a new program. Here's our new program. Let the te- let the landlords foreclose. Then we'll get all the names of all the people that are getting foreclosed on. Then we'll go seek help. Really, Tony? Revelation, right? 18, 20 months you've been sitting there with, with you know, they, there's millions. I think there were literally think, hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, of dollars unused in that was set aside yeah, in December. Assistance. We burned through 68% of that in the first month. And Tony Preckwinkle and Mayor Lightfoot and Governor Pritzker, these bunch of morons can't find these tenants that need help. What the heck have you been doing well, for but all you, of this time? David, again, we're talking to David Hochberg. And, and David isn't part of it, though. The, the tenant has to take the some onus on their own. They have to do some something. And some of them are just skating by. They don't care. They don't care. What? They don't care. There's no skin off their back. They're not paying rent. So I'll tell you what. Okay, here, Bruce. Here's they don't want to pay. Here's an eviction notice. Okay, the courts are finally open. The, ten, the, the landlords are finally able to access their right to evict. Okay. Oh, look. Tom and Sally Smith, Tom and Sally Jones, Tom and Sally Cohn. I've got everybody covered so nobody can accuse me of being racially profiling. Okay. You know, so... Um, you you know you're getting evicted now. We have your name on the Cook County eviction list on the court documents. Really? That's what you're waiting on. That's you're what waiting you, on that. You're waiting on oh. that. You waited 20 months, and these poor landlords who are small business owners that own property, trying to make you know you're trying to make ends meet, who could have sold their property at the height of the market over the past 20 months, 
and could have gotten out of Illinois and dumped those properties, but couldn't because who's going to buy a property with 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 with, uh, with a, a, a tenant, non-paying not paying tenant? Yeah, no, it's ridiculous, right. David. People out there, I know they're going to have questions for you. Yeah, I know they need I know, help. We got a break. Relax. Where, where where do they go to get help? Uh, you go to five six david dot com. That's eight five five. Five six three two eight four three. Yeah, and thanks for having me. No, you can help them. I can help if they call. I mean, if you sit there and do Same the thing. ostrich, it's not going to get any better. And go Hawks, you guys aren't coming to the game tonight because you wake up to it. The mighty Blackhawks. Bruce doesn't. This is why I keep singing that off the air. If you guys don't mind, seven o'clock hour, and we're taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. Judy will start us off. Well, the FDA planning to allow people to receive a different COVID vaccine as a booster. The mix and matching. Uh, could start as early as this week. Moderna also uh, expected to be approved for its booster this week as well. little bit of good news. That Chicago police officer who was shot in the face yesterday outside of an Ulta cosmetic store has been released from the hospital, thankfully. Jeez. Yeah. You know, it's been quite a while since Chicago has had a basketball championship celebration parade but thank god for the women am i right the wnba chicago sky their parade kicks off at wintrust arena and it ends at millennium park that starts today uh, i believe around 11 there you go make, make a little michigan take avenue your, yeah. take your sure uh, little early lunch if you will right. um i am this is like for the first time in my life that i live close enough to, that i can walk to work well, I've also lived in cities where nobody walked. Nobody walks in Phoenix. It's 115 <laughs> degrees for God's sake. You die of heat stroke halfway down the, down the street. So I've always driven everywhere, which means I'm always stopping at bleeping gas stations, right? And you're be, you're very aware of that. Can I tell you? And I'm saying this specifically to rub it in. I have no idea what the price of gas is. It's doesn't, a doesn't lot. affect me. Yeah, doesn't affect me. I don't even know. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I might wear out the soles of my shoes a little bit. I paid three fifty seven. Three fifty seven. Okay. I, this morning I went by. It was three forty five, and okay. I said to okay. myself, yeah, "I'm going to have to. I'm going to stop and get gas on the way home." But no yeah. doubt, it's been on the rise. And oh, by the yeah. way, you say three fifty seven, and I only know this because I was in California recently, and I had a rental car, and I had to fill up my rental car. Hmm. And a dollar. It was over five dollars a gallon. Ouch. It was over five. Yeah. And I was like, no, I know I don't drive. <laughs> no I, kidding. I need to stop going places where I need to drive, for right. goodness sakes. I mean, you can understand it. The concern is, and I've always heard this, over the summer, the price of gas goes up, right? Uh, you've got more people uh, vacationing and traveling. There's a supply and demand argument out there. More people are driving, more gas, price goes up. But there's also like this summer blend, gas, blends yeah. and things like yeah, that. And if only we had somebody that could help us understand not only why gas is high today, but maybe where it's headed. Oh, look, it's Ray Trevino, our oil and gas expert. Ray, good morning to you. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Well, I'm excellent because, as I just described, I don't have to fill up. I walk practically everywhere. But the concern is not only over the price of gas today, but forecasting, where is it headed? Well, uh, first and foremost, I just want to say uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Yes, sir. And, uh, I, the thoughts and prayers of that Chicago uh, police officer are, are with me and my family. You're here. Uh, glad to hear that. Uh, speedy recovery. Yeah, that. thank you. Um, 
where is oil and gas going? It's it's going to stay high uh, for at Oof. least uh, heading into 2022, guys. Uh, Judy Bruce, I'm sorry to tell you all that. It's <laughs> it's just the season that we're in. And uh, as my um, grandmother always said, this too shall pass. Okay. <laughs> well, why explain to me why. Why is yeah. so high? Yes. Um, well, uh, it's due to basically economics textbooks. On the first page, supply and demand. Mm. Right right now, guys, what we are seeing is a crazy amount of supply shortages. We're not only seeing them from a standpoint of we don't have drivers uh, that can get it from the refineries to the gas stations, but as well as the fact that the uh, – Gulf of Mexico refineries all along the Gulf of Mexico, they have not gone back up to 100% since hurricane season. So we don't even have the gasoline at the refineries. And then again, like I just said, you know, we don't have the truck drivers to get it to the gas stations, even if we had the supply at the refineries. It's, it's, it's like all these, it's, it's the perfect storm, but it screws us at the end of the day, right? (laughs) In a way, that's correct. Yes. Oil and gas had to come back up after the shutdown, just like every other industry. Okay. And so as we've gone up, the amount of drilling, uh, the amount of drilling rigs has gone up every week for at least the last eight weeks, which is a great thing. But typically at this time of the year, uh, Bruce and Judy, when we are at, you know, 80 plus or 80, you know, we're at $83 oil uh, before the markets open this morning. And, Anytime this would happen in the past, we would be, you know, drill, baby, drill. You know, we mm-hmm. would be hiring and just punching holes in, in, in a positive, you know. Yeah, economic, strike uh, while the iron's hot. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. However, at this time around, everybody is staying very cautious mm. and being more ultra-conservative, uh, even for the oil and gas industry, which is a conservative industry. Wow. But, uh, you know, aren't there fewer drivers? Doesn't that help? The fewer people driving around the roads, you mean? Yeah. Well, you know, unless uh, everybody's like Bruce, I guess, to walk to work every morning. (laughs) A whole Uh, block. We actually actually had a, like, this is a blessing in disguise, I call it. We actually had almost the same exact amount of drivers on the road this summer uh, as we had during uh, 2020, in July of 20, uh, excuse me, July of 2019. Wow. Pandemic, yes. So that's exciting. And, well, again, we don't have the supply to keep up with demand of all the American drivers that are back on the roads getting out there. You know, they're, 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 everybody's getting that confidence back and going, hey, I can go here and I can go there. So that's, that's the exciting part here is that, hey, America's getting back open. We're moving. We're doing but we don't have the supply today for it. We're talking to Ray Trevino, our oil and gas expert, as we understand. You know, it's it's one of those things that, and I'm sure you get asked it all the time, is, you know, the whys. Why does gas go up? Why does gas go down? And I've heard so many different things, and, and I, I really appreciate the fact that every time I, I read what you do when we talk to you, it's never just one thing, is it? It's always kind of a combination of things because oil and then refined oil, gasoline, well, it's a, it's like a global commodity. I mean, you know, like, like you said, the hurricane season in the Gulf affects oil and gas prices, but so does a war in the Middle East. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's always a variety of things. 
You're absolutely right. And, and you speak of, of everything going on on a global standard. You know, right now, OPEC is refusing to uh, open up the spigot, so to speak. They are happy producing X amount of barrels right now. They're almost close. They're close to $90 oil, for goodness sakes. Why right. wouldn't they? You know, they don't want to open it up and uh, lower the cost down right now. And as as we can tell right now, you know, every, Americans are paying what's at the pump. Yeah. And so it's just where we're at and you know the 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 OPEC is just showing off right now how much of a power it still is on the global oil market and that's why we here in America and especially us at Pecos Country Operating we continue to drill here in the United States uh so that we can continue to produce you know for our fellow Americans. Yeah. Hey, what are what are we going to what do you think the high is going to be? What oh. are we looking at oh, just no, so that it. we can um you know I'm hold on I'm going to sit down. Oh, yeah, please, yeah, Bruce, sit down, you know, uh, give those shoes a break. You've been walking everywhere. Um, uh, are we talking about the price of a barrel of oil? Or are we no, about the, price the, the, the price at the gas the uh, gas station. Yeah, what am I going to pay, like, in two months? Don't say five. If it's three fifty okay, now, two months, I'd say at the beginning of the year you will probably be back at three fifty a gallon. Okay, okay. And then what I mean by back at uh, in two months will will be what just right past Christmas time, give yep. or take. Yep. Uh, so we'll see a small spike in, in Thanksgiving break and then the Christmas break, and then we'll come back down. Okay, uh, okay. But I don't think we'll come back down below three dollars before the first quarter of twenty twenty. Wow. Right. Okay, Ray. So I'm, look forward to I'm, anyway. I'm holding Ray to that. We're going to start betting on it. Yeah. Right. We appreciate your time today, yeah, sir. Sure. You, you have an excellent day. Bruce, Judy, thank you all very much. Y'all have you. a wonderful day as well. He's Ray Trevino, our oil and gas expert of uh, where our gas price is going and what is driving uh, those numbers out there. It's great to get that. Uh, the the immortal words of Mr. Pink. Yeah. Yes. She'll make enough money she can quit. Uh Tipping. It, it is it is an interesting thing in our society. If you if you think about it, you pay for a meal or goods and services, and then you pay a little bit more at the end. <laughs> you know, here's a little extra cost, but I'm going to give you more than it actually costs. Uh, but where, when, and how much? It remains a bit of a mystery, and I don't know who that serves very well. If you're on the receiving end of tips, my guess is you want people to understand kind of the appropriate way to tip and an appropriate amount. Preferably more. Yeah. But those of us that are doing the tipping, I don't know if we're always clear. Well, and it seems like you have to tip everywhere. I mean, look at you. You go to a fast food hot dog stand. There's a tip jar out there. There is. Yes. There's a tip jar out everywhere. But there isn't one at McDonald's, is there? I, I don't know. I've been in one in quite a while, but I mean, literally, any you know, I walk into a fast food place and I'll see a hot dog sandwich I love. There's you know, and then there's always the little signs. Tippers are sexy. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> then they got um, you. Got me but on that one. You know one. what? I I usually throw my change in. Yeah, just well, a lot of people easy. do, right? I don't want my change anymore. Yeah, but I mean, I that did not used to be a thing. That's a new thing. Newish. So I, I I saw a quiz and I thought we could take the quiz and maybe we could all learn together. And you can learn and play along with us at home. First question: Is it true you're never fully dressed without cash? I'm going to say yes because if you don't have cash, you can't tip. My problem is I don't carry small enough denominations. Like I run out of ones and fives, and so then I'm like in the process of I feel weird asking for change. 
Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, most services, Because, though, like, the bank gives me 10, 20s. The bank machine, ATM, deals in 20s. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to give you 20 right. bucks. Let's get that out of the way right but now. But, I mean, if you use your credit card, you could tip. Anybody who accepts tips will always have change on them. Really? Mm, wow. Yeah. 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 Good point. Always. Okay, here's one. So you take the shuttle from the rental car lot at O'Hare. Well, no, you live here. So you're in Vegas. You go from, from uh, the rental car lot. You take the shuttle to the airport, right? At the curb, the driver takes your bag out of the bus. Do you tip that person? I do. I don't think you have to. I think that's a yes. Mm. If someone touches your bag, the uh, the head of the protocol school says, dollar a bag, unless it's really heavy, they maybe give them two bucks. Wow. Mm. Okay. If the driver just drops you off and never touches your bag. It opens or, up the thing and you have you to don't, take it. You don't, you don't, you don't, or you didn't have a bag. Well, that's you a don't have to tip. Just for the drive, you tip for them taking so, the bag. That's good to know. If they touch your bag, you should tip them. You're on an airplane, <laughs> and the flight attendant serves you a drink. Do you tip? Oh no. 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 But why not? Uh, most airline staff are also asked to decline tips. Hmm. So, there you have it. Okay, so now you're at O'Hare. You're going to do the curbside baggage check-in. You seen the one, the guy, right mm-hmm. outside Those on the sky curb? caps. Yeah. Do you tip the attendant oh, yeah. for checking your bag? Yeah, you have That's to, That's definitely, right? yeah. Always do, because they treat your bags nicer. Uh, and your su- bag makes it on the plane. They suggest two bucks a bag. Oof, wow. Two bucks a bag. Should you tip only at the end of your hotel stay? Isn't it better to tip, tip at the who? beginning? Like Housekeeping. Housekeeping, Housekeeping you yeah. mean? Do you yeah. do it only when you leave, or do you do it every day? Yeah, only when you leave. Only when you leave, you yeah. say. Well, I, I thought you do it right in the beginning. You like put a twenty on there and be like, "Hey, if you're there for you know a more 20? than well, if you're there for a couple, uh, you know, a month." Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you live there, you should pay your rent. So okay, and should you should you I only tip at the end? I'm going to say no. They're saying correct. So it says it can be at the beginning or the end of a stay. There's no hard and fast rule on when you should tip hotel staff. So okay, that staff though. When did we start tipping? Leaving money in the room. Yeah, that was new to me. I mean... Oh, always. Yeah, see, I didn't grow up with that being a thing. Yeah, I, I, I do either. it now, but yeah, I, do I it didn't. Now. I learned. Yeah, but I didn't know that was a thing, and you, I think that's a newer thing. You arrive at the hotel in your in your car. You pull up. You give your keys to the valet. Do you tip the valet when you give him your keys? Mm, I usually tip at the end. Yeah, I tip when I pick it up. Yeah, I tip at the end. Because I want my car. They're saying you should tip... Your val a attendant when you hand them your keys. Well, you know that kind of wow. makes sense, right? Different You're like, the take care of my baby, and they'll yeah. look after you. Right? Yeah. Okay. The more you look after them, the more you look at. Uh, 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 so here's okay. So I can live with that. Here's what I can't stand, dear valet people or parking attendants, where they make you pay up front for parking. Okay, that's going to be twelve dollars to park here. Yeah, I'll pay you when I leave. No, you have to pay now. Okay, this will be included in your tip. I mean, if I if I'm paying up front, uh, I, you know, there's nothing else coming out of this. I'd have given you fifteen. Why? What's the problem? I don't. You're making me pay up front. No, yeah, I'm paying the whole that. thing up front. No, hmm. no, I'll pay it when I leave. What's yeah. parking? Okay, great. And here's your tip to go get my car. If I pay you up front, what the hell am I getting out of this? I'm not yeah. tipping at the end. Yeah. 
How about a hotel manager upgrades your hotel room? Oh, absolutely. Then you tip them? Heck yeah. Hmm. It says no. Interesting. Hotel managers are salaried. They don't require tips. They said a clue is, look at how the hotel employee is dressed. Don't tip someone in a suit. <laughs> if they're wearing a uniform, yeah. you, you tip them. Mm-hmm. With their name badge on it, yeah. Right, but you don't tip people in a mm. suit. Mm. Okay, there you have I'm, I'm learning. Learning. Note to self, never wear a suit to work. Don't wear a suit to work. Okay. Exactly. You know what, if though? You know. Here's the problem with the valet thing. I'm ready. If you undertip. <laughs> yeah. Or don't tip. Hey, good morning to you, and a happy Tuesday. It's Bruce, it's Judy, it's Cheese. Nick Gale still delivering all that news. Traffic, weather, information, and speaking of weather, it's a little chilly right now, but it's going to warm up. It's going to warm up. It's 52 degrees outside. Oh, my gosh. It should be in the 40s, the high. Yeah. Just think of that, mister. We're not arguing. I'm not complaining. (laughs) I'm just saying it's going to be another day. sounded like you were a little chilly. At At 52, 52. I'm a little chilly, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm from a place where water freezes at 60. So, <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. You've had you a guys. year. Get used to it, all right? I do not know why that is even remotely funny to you, Nick. Um, so here, there's a, a lawsuit, and it, it's, it's an interesting one because just throw it in with all the other things going on between Chicago Public Schools and the CTU. And to help us understand a little bit, and, and maybe the precedent it might set, is Mark Mix. He's president of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. Mark, good morning to you. Good morning, Bruce. Good to be on with you. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the the lawsuit uh, on behalf of a couple of Chicago public school teachers. Yeah, Bruce, this is an interesting case, and it's kind of a continuation of some litigation that that the foundation has been running and won a major case back at the U.S. Supreme Court in 2018, a case called Janice B. Aspen, which came out of Illinois. And the fact is that public sector workers across America could be compelled to pay dues or fees to a union, a private organization, in order to work for their government. We took that case to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the majority of the court ruled that it was a First Amendment violation, a violation of freedom of speech, to force someone to pay a union in order to work for their government. And so after that decision was was handed down by the Supreme Court, lots of cases came up about how in the world could could uh, government employees exercise their rights. And, and it came to us, uh, a case out of the October 2019 teacher strike in Chicago. Two teachers came to us and wanted to exercise their rights to go to work during the strike. They wanted to go into the classroom, teach their children. And, of course, they found out about their Janus rights, and they tried to exercise them. And, of course, the teachers' union basically ignored them and said, no, you've got to continue to pay dues for the next year, and we're not going to let you out. And the school board and the school district continued to take the money out of their paychecks. And basically what they said is, you know, too bad for you. We're just ignoring you. Well, ignoring these two teachers was a miscalculation on behalf of the unions because they came to us. We now represent them in this case saying that they could basically exercise their, get this, Bruce and Judy, they could exercise their constitutional rights at any time. And so these two teachers have uh, taken their case through the court system, and it's pending at the United States Supreme Court will be heard at a conference on October 29th as to whether or not the court will take up the case and provide complete freedom for these workers to basically say, I want to exercise my rights and I should be able to do it at any time. Wow. So is this about not wanting to be in a union when, you know, you... That's a, 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 a rule, a requirement yeah. of working there. Or is it about not wanting to pay the dues? 
Well, Judy, it's, you know, under under previous law, an Illinois law, and Illinois is one of the states that has the, the most dramatic power of unions across the country. I think California, New York, and Illinois are the three big ones that yeah. basically say, look, in order to do anything, you have to be part of the union. You have to give up your associational rights. You have to give up your speech rights, and you have to pay a private organization in order to work. And if under under the, the, the statutes that are in place in Illinois, if you didn't pay those dues, you got fired, no matter whether you're the best teacher, the worst teacher, a Midian teacher, or excuse me, a middle-aged teacher, or whatever you were, you got fired if you didn't pay the dues. And so a lot of people objected to that. And these two teachers, they were they objected to the reasons for the strike in October 2019. And so the only way they can vindicate their rights is to basically resign union membership and be disciplined. Well, they could have been disciplined by the union if they crossed the picket line, and that's very significant that we uh, we represent a lot of employees across the country that get penalized for for you know going up against union uh, the union dictates and so in this case they decided they wanted to teach that that was disagreeing with the union so now they basically can say we don't want to be part of the union and we don't want to be forced to pay any money and we want to exercise our First Amendment rights. If you want to be in a union, Judy, you can. If you want to pay the union, you can. If you want to give your entire paycheck to a union, you can. But you can't be compelled, and you can't lose your job if you don't. Mark Mix, again, is the president of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation, uh, talking about this specific case uh, of some Chicago educators and CTU. Is there a distinction, Mark, between public and private sector unions in this? Yeah, there is. And that's a great question, Bruce. I mean, basically what the court ruled is because everything that government unions do is political, i.e. they're redressing government to basically influence how government spends their money. They said there's kind of a different standard. And the state, the state is, is an actor in that equation. In the private sector, private sector workers in Illinois and the 22 other states that don't have right to work laws that give workers the choice to choose whether or not they want to financially support a union, you can be fired. But that's a statute that came down back in the 1930s when Franklin Roosevelt, uh, you know, the last time we tried to threaten the, the Supreme Court by packing the court, the Supreme Court uh, blinked. And now we have a federal law that says private sector workers can be fired from their jobs if they don't pay union dues. In this case, the Supreme Court looked specifically at the public sector union members and public sector employees. And frankly, the private sector is a whole other issue yeah. altogether. Fair enough. I just wanted to point out, though, that I, I, I think a lot of people see them differently as well. Yeah, and, and whether or not they should is a, is a great question, Bruce, because, you know, when you think about constitutional rights, you think about First Amendment constitutional rights, you know, how can you say some, some individual has it and another individual does not? Hmm. Um, but the idea of the statutory framework for the forced unionism in the private sector is something that probably has to be solved through the legislature because, you know, the court would look at it and say, well, the legislature said this is going to be the law of the land. We hope someday to get to that issue as well, and we think we should. I mean, if a private sector employee, you know, can have their rights violated, their constitutional rights violated, as they've been established for public sector employees, what's the difference? What's the difference? How do you see this playing out? I mean, uh, the Supreme Court. I mean, that you know, this is this is as serious as it gets. Do you, do you think you got a good shot? Well, we think so. You know, we the, at the Right to Work Foundation, we've been in business for, since 1968. We have 21 employees that provide free legal representation to employees just like this. 
We've had 18 cases that have made it to the Supreme Court. The Janus case uh, made it there in 2018. We had another case out of Illinois on behalf of home health care workers, a case called Harris that was uh, an Illinois-based case that was really interesting. You you had uh, the, the, the Illinois law forced mothers who were taking care of their d- disabled children in their own home to pay union dues in order to take care of their own children, but that's a whole other story as well. Um, but we, we think that the, the court is interested in the issue. Um, we got these two cases. They're up there on conference. The court has kind of said we're not interested right now, but it's possible because of the way this works out that these the unions have created these barriers to exercise your rights. We think and hope that the court will be interested. Appreciate your time this morning, Mark. Thank you very much for helping us understand this uh, issue better. My pleasure, Bruce. Thank you, Judy. He's Mark Mix, president of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. And I've never heard it in the context of a constitutional argument, of like a freedom of speech argument. I haven't heard that union membership or forced union membership or, or mandatory dues being put in that, in that context. But when you think about it in, with the, you know, public sector teachers, police officers, Okay, I think I can I can start to understand a little better. I, I do see a distinction between that and private sector unions, though. I do see a, a pretty big distinction. Uh, yeah. But that's it. Listen, this Supreme Court, you could very well see some fundamental uh, changes coming down the pike. As we uh, get a little bit closer, I've seen a lot uh, to Halloween. I see a lot of pumpkins for sale. You see them stacked up at the grocery store, right? You see them out there. Have you gotten your pumpkin? Have you started? De- what is the over-under? How long does a pumpkin last? <sighs> it depends how bad the squirrels are. Yeah. Okay. There's uh, a I squirrel I don't factor. even put mine out anymore until uh, on Halloween day. You just put it out right. the day of. Okay. So when are you going to actually do, de- do you decorate? You cut your pumpkin up? Oh, I sure do. When? So you're going to do that, what, the day before? Yeah, maybe a few days before. I okay. mean, you could put, you, I, I will probably put them on a few days before because you could um, oil them up, which is what I do. Excuse me? That's right. You could <laughs> spray them with Pam or put actual, like, olive or Wesson oil on it. So what, the squirrels can't get a good that handle on it? They just slip exactly off of it? Exactly. <laughs> they can't get their little nasty teeth on it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, exactly. I did not well, know mine that. would be, they'd be done. They'd be all over the place. Okay. And yeah, so. But. I got to tell you, I haven't done a decoration in a while, but one of the reasons why is it does kind of gross me out. It, it seems like a bit of an autopsy to open up a pumpkin and get all the pumpkin guts out. Yeah. Oh, gee, then I'm eating the guts because not only do I oh. do that, then I, I cook the um, seeds. They're do delicious. Pumpkin seeds, yeah. Pumpkin seeds. Too much work. Leave it to the folks at TikTok. Somebody, there's always somebody out there that has like a brilliant hack. Right? This is absolutely brilliant. And we're going to share this with you now. As you get ready to decorate your pumpkin. To carve your pumpkin. Here is a brilliant, brilliant hack. Take your cordless drill. All right? You got one of those cord... If you don't have one, Nick's got a dozen. Yeah, if you don't have one, you're not a man. So buck up, bucko. Go buy the cordless cordless drill. drill. (laughs) Okay. And they have a little chuck on it. You can change your drill bits or put your different implements on the front of it. You like I used implements. Implements. Um, you take that off and you, and you take one of the whisks, one of the little blender whisks, and you put it in your cordless drill. Huh. You cut open the top of the pumpkin and begin a cordless whisking. Oh, wow. And you can... Clean the inside of that pumpkin like, like it's it never been cleaned before. Astounding. And I guess you can't use the actual electric beater because it's got, it will, probably won't fit in. Although I have pretty big pumpkins this year. 
Why couldn't I just use <laughs> well, both like of them? One. Both oh, the attach, wow. just the electric beater, and do the same thing. Yeah, it'll just because it just cleans it all off. Cleans it all, and out. then you then you, you just turn the pumpkin over, over and poof, all and, comes out, and that autopsy comes out. Yeah, because you usually with a spoon scrape it. Oh, There's crap everywhere, scratch. right? It's, you got it up your elbows. Yeah. Kids like it, I think. Kids <laughs> once or twice like to do it, and then they're, they're done with it too. They don't want to put their hands in the guts either. And you never really get it all off. No, no. That's now. Leave it to somebody on TikTok. I, I, I wonder. This is like, this is the, the positives of social media, right? right? That you can learn things like putting the the blender whisk. That's what I call whisk. How many pumpkins did they die? Destroyed. Destroyed. They probably used it. everything, right? Yeah, they tried everything. Yeah. Yeah, we started with a leaf blower. It eh, doesn't work for crap. <laughs> you got crap everywhere, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, how chainsaw, many different things do you have to go? The chainsaw. This is an idiotic idea. I like idea. the guts and the stringy. Oh, I can't even down. look at it. It, it makes, makes me queasy. It depends if you're if you're going for a, you know a really scary, spooky carving. Then that might work a little bit behind it. Oof. I've seen the one where they make it like the pumpkin is puking that stuff out. They yeah. use all the guts. Oh, that's and, a good one. Mouth, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So save it and use that. Because that's how I feel when I see them. On the inside, all right. Uh, DJ Cheese Scramble, I, you you threw him a bit of a curveball yeah. today, Cheese. But uh, let's see if Laura in Lamont knows of what she speaks. Laura, you heard the two songs; they're pretty popular songs from TV shows, but they actually have titles. Do you know what the names of those songs are, Laura? I do. Hit the me. Mash theme is "Suicide Is Painless," and I'll be there for you from Friends. Wow, nice. you nailed it! Congratulations, nice. congratulations! I I knew that I knew the suicide is painless. Don't ask yeah. me why I knew that one from Mash, but I didn't. I guess I guess I could have figured yeah. out I'll be there for you if I just listened closely enough to it. Who did the song, Laura? Do you know? Oh, who sang that? I don't know. Do you know, Laura? Uh, Not required uh, to win. I don't. The yeah. Rembrandts. I did, but I the don't. Rembrandts. Yeah, one song. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was their song. Well, one Laura, hit, congratulations! Yep. You won. Yeah. You are a winner. Woo! You got yourself a pair of tickets to go see Todd Rundgren at the House of Blues Monday, November 1st. All right. You are hooked up. Thank you. Enjoy a great night of great music with Todd Rundgren just because you are a smarty pants and you know the names of songs. Congratulations to Laura. We uh, appreciate you spending some time with us. 22 to 23 years, I believe, that you've seen one of these. A basketball championship parade. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's the WNBA. They won the, uh, the... Chicago Sky won the title, and the parade kicks off today at the uh, Basketball Center and heads to Millennium Park. Judy? Need a booster? You'll apparently be able to mix and match soon, meaning if you're Moderna, you can get a Pfizer dose. The FDA is said to be close to approving the mixing and matching. Hmm. Well, we've all been, you know, listen, I, I, I care about the issue of crime in Chicago. And I know that it is not hyperbolic to say that we are dealing with, we're going through a period of time where we're having near record numbers of some some different crimes, be they carjackings, be they the smash and grab robberies we hear now, which we believe might have been kind of at the at the root of that police officer being being shot yesterday at a, at a, at a cosmetic store of all yeah. things. Um, Obviously, the shootings. Obviously, the 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 free the freeway shootings, expressway shootings. We we hear about almost almost regularly. So the idea that there would be fewer Chicago police officers around strikes me as a bad thing. It strikes me as we're going. You're going the wrong way. 
But that comes into direct conflict with the city's vaccine mandate. And we're now starting to understand and get some of the the hard numbers. What are the numbers we're dealing with? What percentages? What does this look like as officers have been encouraged by their union to not play ball? So according to a city data portal, 64, more than 64 percent of Chicago police employees. So that's like about 8,200 out of 12,000. Oh, OK. Uh, sworn Thank you for officers doing that math, civilians. by the way. Never yeah, it's that. written right out in front of me. I never would have been able to. Uh, they have reported their vaccination status. So 64 percent reported officers have reported their vaccination status. Of those, of the sixty-four, almost seven thousand say they are vaccinated. About thirteen hundred responded they are not vaccinated. Total number eighty-three hundred. Seven thousand yes, thirteen hundred no. There are some exceptions. So the ones who said they are mm-hmm. not, maybe they are could be a medical requesting. or religious exemption, possibly right. in there. So that that thirteen hundred number, they've at least followed the order, right? Because the order was from their commanding status. officer. Show up at work and go on to your employee portal. And put in your status, yep. Yeah. Now, that's for all. We are harping on the police because they have a really important job. Um, But most, you know, all city employees have to do it. So most city departments are reporting rates in the 90s. 90%. Ninety percent. Really? really? Right. Where are the firefighters in this? Why we tend They're to throw police 70%. and fire together? Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even you know, I wonder. If I'm this. surprised that most police officers six sixty four reported and are reporting that they are vaccinated. So here's something I wonder: if the difference, the gap between police and fire. Follow me on this is because a lot of firefighters also have medical training, EMT or paramedic, and I wonder if. If a basis in medicine maybe pushes that number higher for them, I, I don't know any other reason why firefighters and police, because we tend to lump them together as public mm-hmm. servants like that. Um, Mayor Lightfoot spoke about this issue, if you will, just yesterday. Well, that's what she hopes for, but we found out that already some of them are doing just that. This is a, a, a an officer who spoke yesterday. Well, I mean, she did admit to the insubordination there. and I disobeyed a direct order from a superior officer, you know, in the hierarchy. I don't know, sergeant, lieutenant, captain, whatever it might be. Um, but this isn't over. This is going to continue a little bit because while we're hearing, heck, I heard Nick Gale talk about it, that some officers have been sent home. They showed up for work and either they re- they refused to put in their information, and therefore they were sent home. Not all of them were sent home. Again, you you said yeah, the number is only four, what? But there are about 4,000 uh, employees who did not report by the deadline. Police employees. Right. Because that, I'm, I'm going to go, I mean, are, are people like the like dispatchers and things? They're, they're also police employees. Right, they're just not sworn officers. But they're not, they don't yeah. wear a badge and a gun. Sure. Right, but so, so they're all lumped in together. police departments. That don't wear a badge and a gun, or right. aren't, on a, uh, aren't in a cop car out on the on a street. It, right, it started with yeah. like the office workers there yeah. over in the police department. But as, as the day wore on yesterday, we did see some officers actually be turned away. Okay. So it's... It's kind of it is, it, it, but it's it, snowballing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a little hit and miss. But so, what is the plan if if I'm if I'm to do the numbers here? Four thousand 
close to 4,000, 33,000 and change. Um, Chicago police employees are sent home. How's Chicago, how's Chicago Police Department going to continue to operate effectively as a law enforcement agency in the third largest city well, in the United States? They're going to rely on the Illinois State Police. All right. And, um, the Cook County Sheriff's Department. But that, that comes at the expense of something, though, doesn't it? I mean, I'm assuming Illinois State Police and Cook County Sheriffs are working. <laughs> yeah, yeah I assume they're doing other stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, of course, they, they, they all have jobs. Thing. So yeah, they're going to help day to day. But you know, and in case of emergencies, the city's asking the suburbs if they, to, re- to respond if they, to emergencies. Right. If they have personnel available who can wonder, help, if something big happens, it's not clear what that might be. Though I, I didn't get an example of what would constitute an emergency for the they, city of if Chicago. They had like a disaster. For some sort. Well, and you still have a couple of aldermen that are pushing for the National Guard to come in. And and the idea is the cops that are hanging around the loop, put those guys out where they're needed and post, uh, you know, National Guardsmen on every street corner. Okay, I I know we... I sincerely hope I... For the optics alone, (laughs) I sincerely hope that somebody really thinks through the idea of putting national guardsmen on street corners in right. Chicago, because like on Michigan Avenue, or on Michigan Avenue, mm-hmm. the the look alone, the optics is horrific yeah. for this city. I mean, that's the worst thing you could do. That's like park a tank in the middle of in the median there on the mag mile. You got to be hey, kidding maybe me. Maybe we're going to go the the way of Europe. I mean, everywhere you look in Europe, there are soldiers like everywhere, and we don't even blink. It's so strange. It is a little weird though. Yeah, and not here, but it is maybe even that's... in Europe. When you when you walk by and that there's a guy with an Uzi, yeah. it takes some getting in, used you know, to. In a, in yeah. a military uniform, you're like. Mm-hmm. Do you know something I don't know? Do I? Do I need a newsie? What's about to happen around here? And actually, I say soldiers, but they're probably police. For all I know, they they could be police. I once I once landed in Germany, and it was a time when there were um, hijackings happening. This is before nine eleven. I do want to be clear about that. And I just remember looking out the window, and we were taxiing, you know, to the to the gate, and there was a tank. Like one of those armored personnel carriers with a guy in a with a, in a machine gun sitting in the turret that rode with us to the gate, and I was like, "Again, what the hell do you know that I don't know?" Oh yeah, uh, no, in Greece, in Greece, the there are military right? personnel at the Unreal. airports. Hey, good morning, DJ Cheese over there working the ones and twos. We've got Judy, Miranda on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass, and uh, I'm a, I'm a I'm a kid that grew up with TV. Like, I remember having a black and white TV in my bedroom, and that was a big deal. Wow, you were rich. Big deal. In your deal. bedroom. I was rolling True. in it. We had one TV and black and white. It wasn't white. in my bedroom. Uh, and then, you know, I've just always kind of grew up with television. Television was a companion, whether it was Saturday morning cartoons or then all these shows. And you know what? TV fundamentally has changed, without a doubt. Don't get me wrong. But when you take a look back, and I, I've actually looked at it just because I was curious. When you look at some of the big shows, the seminal shows, Seinfeld, MASH, Cheers, Friends. Right? All in the family. All in the family. Oh, Thank you for Gunsmoke, for the love of God. Mm-hmm. Harold right? Burnett. 
When you look huh. at the percentage of viewers that those shows had, they were huge. They were monstrous compared to today's. Why? There were three channels. <laughs> I got 300 yeah. on my phone. Do you know what I'm saying now? I mean, that, that choice kills. That we're all spread out. We don't have those communal shows like we and used think to. Think about we're, how many of our parents' shows we watched. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't. I, you think yeah. I ever got to change the channel? Well, I was the remote. I had to run up and, yeah, and change oh, the yeah. channel. I was, Turn yeah. The knob. Dad, Dad would send me to the, to the Curtis Hit Mathis. Get that antenna while you're at it. That huge TV we had was built into like furniture, for God's sake. Yeah, so it was a, it was a, a record player as well. It had everything. A speakers yeah. built into it. Those you could, cool. uh, it took the Keensters to bring it in. It showed yeah. up on a semi, from what I remember. But how good are you at identifying some of those TV show theme songs? We're gonna, we're gonna play a little game. Right, we're all over the place now. You ready? Uh, okay, so we've got we've got TV theme songs. We're gonna play Miranda. Hands on buzzer. I'm ready. Judy. Yep. You have to say your name. Whoever says their name gets to answer. So we don't just all scream out the answer. Say your name, and then answer. You can play along at home. Starting off real easy. Ready? Real easy. Ready. Hands on buzzer. Bruce. Wow. Seinfeld. Yeah, that's an easy one. Okay. All right. I got one. Ready? Ready. Miranda. I think Miranda wins. Yeah, Miranda got so. that one. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. Yes. Wow. I used to go to tapings of that show in L.A. I used to, I, we because I knew uh, Jazzy Jeff, uh, Will Smith's partner. Really? DJ Jazzy Jeff? <laughs> yeah. Who always yeah. got thrown out by Uncle Phil? Well, right. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, you know I'm not lying. If I bring up the... <laughs> I know Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. I mean, I could have come up with a hell of a lot more names. Yeah. But yeah. And so we would go. It was right across the street from the racer. We'd go over there and he'd mix and he'd play music before, oh, uh, during cool. breaks and things. And we would go and hang out. And yeah, anyway, okay. So next up. Here we go. Mer. Ooh. Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> X-Files? No. Mm-hmm. Newer. Think newer. Okay. CSI? Newer. Cagney and Lacey? Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> no, I tongue. know. It's um Doctor No. No. Come on. Mind Hunter? Bunch of kids. FBI. Stranger Things. things. Stranger oh, Things. Yeah. Stranger, I don't think anybody gets points that for that. One. I don't think we no, get points for that. Darn it. That's harder. I love this. But again, show. these are the, 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 we don't all watch the Okay, yeah. keep going. Are you ready? I'm ready. Easy one. Bruce. Mr. Ed? No, it was almost, oh! it was almost in the part. You were almost in the part where you would have oh! got it. Hold on. <laughs> Ooh. I know the song I, and I, I can't place the show. I think this is actually the end show credits. He whistles at the Andy beginning. Griffin? Andy yeah, Griffith show? Griffin. Yeah, that's yeah. not the opening that's, uh, That sounds like like Mayberry RFD or something. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whistling has to be Digging in the crates. Yeah, okay, really all right. You stumped us. You're doing a good job I of stumping us. I myself on that one. Here we go. You ready? This is going to be a tough one. I, I say Miranda's got this one. Okay. Miranda, Miranda. Drake and Josh. I'm sorry, Nickel- what? <laughs> Drake and Josh from Nickelodeon. Yeah, I'm sorry, what's Nickelodeon? Yeah. <laughs> SpongeBob, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I had to give one for the infant in the room, yeah. Drake and Josh. <laughs> I'm surprised Love you don't know God. that one. I don't know that one. Yeah. I've watched it a million times, Miranda. So have I, actually, unfortunately. Yeah, my daughter bad. was the same age. Here we go. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. Come on! Ah. Sounds 80s. Starsky and Hutch? Think game name. show. You must be in the name of a form of a question. What? Bruce. Jeopardy. Oh, yes. see? Oh. Yeah. Took a while to get Took there. a minute to Took get to the, to get the hook, yeah. Yeah. if you will. All right, ready? Ready for another one? Yeah. Okay. Miranda. <laughs> I Carly. Wow. Again, That's I impressive. What? Who? Exactly. Yeah, okay. It was a spinoff show from... Drake kids and Josh. today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're doing, we're doing Drake way, and Josh's greatest hits. I watched those two. Okay. Okay, ready? All right, this yeah, might be the last see. one. I know. Last one. Bruce. Ah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I Come on. Winter is coming. All right. I have a problem yelling out my name. That's what that's what was stopping you from winning. That was your barrier to getting any correct. one note. But that not the actual yeah. songs. Your name uh, was the barrier. Nice. I will, I will make a note of that and next you know time we come. What's funny about Game of Thrones? That is the longest opening. It is, isn't it? It sucks yeah. that they don't have opening. They don't do it anymore. Like, a lot of places cool, don't yeah. do those. But again, like I said, I, I saw it. a study. Yeah. I saw bother? a study about it where the quicker, especially TV TV shows, the quicker you get to, like the first scene, an actor, whatever it is the better chance you have holding on people. But if you have some long, drawn-out, same intro every time, same yeah, yeah, clip yeah. phrases, yeah. credits, people they either skip it or they're gone. And to that argument, they start the show, and then maybe a, a minute yeah, in, they start to do, the, do, do the, the credits. Yeah. Because they That's figured that out. Opening, yeah. They figured out they need yeah. to hook you. I'm, I'm in. I'm ah, all in like that. All righty. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Happy Tuesday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. Uh, the Bears, and a bit of, bit of a heartbreaker loss, you know. Deal with that flipping Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's not like we're not used to it. Yeah. Mr. Discount Double Check, you know. He discounted and double checked. Dear God. And he talks smack. Um, and it doesn't look like it's going to get mm, much easier for your Chicago Bears. As this weekend, they will hop on a plane. And they will go to checks notes. Oh, Christ. Tampa Bay. All right. Well. Okay. Tom Brady. He's a rookie, right? Go from Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. (laughs) Good grief. Well, uh, if nothing else, Justin Fields is getting a crash course in the NFL. Is he not? But how much longer will Justin Fields be playing football at Soldier Field? Because we know the Bears appear to be relatively serious about leaving. And now Mayor Lightfoot is asking, well, why don't you guys negotiate with us? What do you want? Or what do you want? Yeah, they haven't said what they want. She doesn't seem, I mean, I think she's the same as she was on day one upon hearing that they bought Arlington Race Course. She doesn't seem too concerned with them leaving. Now, I would be a little bit concerned if I were the Bears because there's this um, new proposal for this one central development. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. This $20 billion development right near Soldier Field that's yeah, going to be uh, like an other urban... side of LSD, right? Right yeah, on the other side of the... It's going to be this, like, it looks absolutely fabulous. And it would, like, connect Soldier Field and the museums, in other words, with with public transportation. Because when you think about it, 
The only way to get there is by car. You really can't even walk. I walked there. You walked to Soldier Field down yeah. Lakeshore Drive? Right along the lake. Okay, and then you cross over on... Oh, you're already at the... You cross yeah. somewhere along the lakefront there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not... It, you have to drive. Easy, right. You basically have to drive. So this is, uh, yeah, this new site, and this is, you know, retail, yeah, dining, entertainment. None of that benefits the Bears. Uh, maybe. Maybe they can be in on that. Now you go to a Bears game and you hang out and stay at a hotel and... Well, yeah, but I was to say the, the Bears aren't part of that development. That's been in the works for a while, and and there's a some of it's like looks like kind of abandoned. I say abandoned, but like train rail yard, yeah, yeah, rail yeah. yard, it is. yeah, and it's, it's a big long that. strip. Here's you know when I saw that, I thought all those people that live right there, they're suddenly going to put up a ninety story building between you and the lake. Hey, we never promised you a lake view forever. Oh, that's those because the they're have you seen the plans for that thing? Yeah, it's gonna and it'll dwarf. I mean. Soldier Field to be in a shadow all the time. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing it's, what they're looking like to build there. It's like a little city. That's yes. what it reminds me of. Well, I just thought maybe the but Bears that, can get in on that and do some Bears stuff there. I don't think you're clear how some of this works. But I, I, I the, so, wait, the Bears I, spent their money on Arlington Park. Okay. Yeah, that's true. They did buy $170 million. Um, and isn't the, the main thing for them to get more seats is a bigger yes. stadium, right? They we want, talk about all this other stuff, but really, well, they need not more just seats. seats. Um, so, if I remember how I had this discussion once with someone who understood how the NFL worked, the ticket sales are controlled by the NFL, and the NFL distributes ticket revenue equally amongst the teams. Oh, so it doesn't matter what the teams get are the sweet revenues the oh, luxury mm. suites the the extra amenities the 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 stuff on top of a regular seat in the stadium and that's why there was this race if you will for these stadiums that all have these you've seen some of these magnificent you know Boxes where the and- where the billionaires hang out and and the box seats and all that comes with it because that was money that goes directly into the team's pocket while they have to share the other revenue. regular tickets, yeah. Have you seen those state uh, field level boxes that they have at L.A. Stadium? I did not see that. They're like on the field. It's okay. like your own personal little like. But you're right there on the field. On the field, it's is it's that like, a good? Yeah. Can you see a lot? Isn't it called a dugout? I have to be not in football. Like in There's baseball. not a dugout. I know. Football. And the field's right. Ra- have you ever stood on the side of a, an NFL Never, field? No. So the field is raised. You know, it's crowned. Uh, the middle. That's why they call it running downhill when you run towards the sidelines, because literally it is uphill to the center of the field. Because of drainage? Or water just- rolls off. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so you never see puddles of water on an NFL field. It rolls off to the sidelines. Mm. And when you're standing on the sideline, it's hard to see the game. I, 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 got, I stood on the sideline for a Raiders-Chiefs game. Joe Montana was the coach, was the quarterback of the Chiefs. I walked down the tunnel with Joe Montana, <gasps> who was one of the smallest guys there. <laughs> I'd never seen so people so large in my entire life. Yeah. And then I'm standing on the sideline, and they start running towards you. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. So they have they have field level. Yeah, yeah. But you couldn't see what was happening. All you saw was six foot seven, four hundred pound guys running at you. <laughs> Okay, that doesn't sound like a very good vision. Doesn't sound like, good to me. So I'm not paying for extra for that. Not going to pay extra for it. No. But the so the problem that 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 Mayor Lightfoot is going to run into, and maybe the reason the Bears haven't sat down and said, "Well, here's what we'd like," not demands, even let's negotiate. 
Because everything that we understand that the Bears want, which is what other NFL teams have is, <clears throat> number one, new stadium. Uh, needs to seat about 80,000, put us in the, uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, current Soldier Field 60 and change, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna need a new state, brand new stadium. Real shiny. You wanna <laughs> smell the paint drying still? 80,000 80, 80, seat. We're gonna need a lot more of the suites and the, the amenities like that. We also want all the land around it because we want, uh, to, to be able to, uh, develop that and uh, create revenue opportunities through restaurants, uh, leasing restaurants, hotels, retail, whatever it might be. We want all that land around it, too. Uh, oh, and then we'll have the parking also. We'll need all that wow. parking as well because we're going to make so money So what that. they're going to, the only thing they can get maybe is an island. They can boat their their fans over to the island down the lake. Because none of that, as far as I can tell, none of that's happening at Soldier Field. Yeah. None of it. Might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to hell in a handbasket. Don't worry. Judy says she can restore your faith in humanity. A pair of nonprofits are housing homeless people in tiny, sustainable homes in the backyards of charitable volunteers who decide to host them. Seattle has the dual problems of expensive real estate and the third largest homeless community in the country. So the Block Project reasons that kindly neighbors could have a much better impact than waiting for a big budgeted government program. For those volunteering their backyards, nonprofits sign five-year leases for the tiny houses. They check out yards to see if they fit, and they check out volunteers themselves. Then they play matchmaker and pair the house, the unhoused, and the property owners together, providing support to help the unhoused individual achieve specific goals, whether it's job training or even sobriety. So far, thousands of Seattle residents have registered their properties and fundraisers ensure that everyone gets a welcome to the neighborhood gift. Bags with pots, pans, shampoo, towels, bed linens, and more. Kind of like Verbo for the homeless. Outstanding. Put your money where your mouth is. You want to help people there? Do something about yeah. it. That's great. Wow. Hey, thanks a lot to MG and the posse over in Mission Control doing all the work, pressing the buttons, making things happen. Our infant producer, Miranda, on the other side, the double-pane bulletproof glass. DJ Cheese working the ones and twos all morning. Thank you, sir. And Nick Gale, who will stick around. Don't worry. He's got your news, your traffic, your weather, your information. He's put it all together. And it's coming up next right here on 890 WLS.